All right. Cool. I hear myself. Good. Is this, this is the recording recording? We're recording. Our waves look kind of small, don't you think? Yeah, it might be zoomed in a little bit. Oh, okay. What do you think? Is that good? Should we do more? Uh, Let me move my mic. But we can keep this in. I like it. I like that our beginning starts with us figuring, figuring it out. Figuring technical stuff way out. We haven't actually done like a uh like uh looking back on podcast type thing to start an episode. Um but you know that's like kind of a theme. Do you think it will ever switch the name? You think we'll keep figuring it out? You know what? I was actually thinking about that today. There's other po- there's another podcast or two called Figuring It Out. I think if we change it, we should do it maybe after episode 10. Uh, we 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 go to our second form and hopefully final form. <laughs> yeah. That's that's fine with me. Maybe like a creative way to say like shooting the shit, you know, like another yeah. type of thing, like our own um thing that <laughs> doesn't already exist on podcast uh platform and that that'd be a good no, idea. It's it's funny you say that cuz I I was thinking about that like I said legitimately today. Maybe we could think about a name change. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I don't think it'd be hard to do. It's not like we have like a cool logo or anything. No. Or anything too substantial um I think it's pretty easy to do. Hopefully we wouldn't have to literally change anything other than just our name. It has to be possible. Yeah. Cool. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah, because, I mean, I'm kind of, like, done with the idea of figuring out, like, what we're... We have a good little thing going with just bullshitting. I like the idea of having a general topic to fall back on. Yeah. But it's not, like, a glued, you need to talk about it. Yeah, and I like the idea of it being pretty free form. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I think that's kind of what we went into it thinking. Yeah. Is that it was going to be very free form and whatever we wanted to talk about that's what we talk about whether it's a a comedic topic or like an existential type thing it's just whatever right now next time we within the next time or two i think it'd be a good idea just to go ahead for me to bring my guitar and do that yeah We, we haven't done that yet um i know we're gonna have to do joe robinson on a phone call one which is something i haven't been in a big hurry to do i know he's down to do it but because he doesn't want to drive up here, which I don't blame him. It's like a two-hour drive no, or some yeah, shit. No, yeah, because he's like down by D.C. or something. Something. I know it's far, and it's it's not necessarily worth it for him to do that. So unless we were to be able to drive to him, which is definitely a possibility, but again, it's nothing either one of us are in a hurry to do. Yeah. So we'll probably just get him on a phone call before long, and that's how we'll handle that. But we, I definitely should... Just do the guitar thing, and then we'll circle back around to that. Maybe we could do it when we have a guest, and they could give like some very honest critiques. What they think? Maybe we could. Maybe it could be an episode where we have somebody else come on and play. Because I, you know, between well, between both of us, I mean, I know people in the local circuit of things, but you do. You actually know some musicians as well. I'm sure, but either one of us could probably get someone on who knows a little bit about yeah. music, who can play guitar and sing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a couple friends that would definitely love to do it. As a matter of fact, I have a guy that is a really good local guitarist. He plays solo like shows under his own name, Zach Cantler. Is it one is, of the dudes you 
play with? Yeah, he, he started doing jujitsu, and he was the one who ran the open mic for a while. Then he got in a fight with a bouncer. Oh, dude, it was too funny. Uh, the guy was like giving him wait, shit. Wait, wait, wait. How do you get in a fight with oh, a bouncer? I'm sorry. I think it was a bar back, actually. Oh. They were outside, and the guy was talking shit or saying something to Zach. And Zach, I don't know, he said, he goes, he goes, you want me to sleep you or something like that <laughs> cocky. And then he, then it turns out the dude was like a h- higher level, at least high school, but I think maybe even wrestled in college oh. and Zach just ran up and got an underhook on him. And the dude just lifted him and dumped him. And then they were kind of like, Zach was doing the best he could to not get hit on bottom, but he couldn't move the guy. Was he like new at <clears throat> jujitsu? He is so, new. So then like he had a little bit of hubris about him and then yeah, it just, you know, <laughs> he wasn't prepared for the situation. I think he's always been that way, which I've always been that way. Before I could fight, I was willing and and ready. Yeah. I was excited to. You know, I mean, you knew me in school. Did you know me as somebody who was excited to fight yeah. or have confrontation? Yeah, you didn't back down. Yeah, and I looked for <laughs> it, not in, in like a, a bully type way, but I would look for it. I would be excited. I always had somebody I was thinking about fighting. <laughs> I don't know. So Zach's good. He's, you know, when somebody comes in like that, they get good. He's probably a little cocky to the average person. But when you've only been there the time he has and you've only put in the work he has and you do well and you, you like, are, he's good for the amount of time he's put in. And that's always impressive. Yeah. I mean, he's not good, but he's a white belt. But he's, he's on the way to becoming a blue belt. He feels like somebody who's done jujitsu for about two years, maybe a year and a half, and he's done it a little less than that. Is white belt like the beginner? Mm-hmm. So like if I were to walk into a jujitsu gym- You'd be gym, a white belt. I'd be a white belt. In my right opinion, off the bat. In my opinion, blue belt is the first belt because everybody's a white belt. Okay. Anybody who steps in the gym- has a white belt. The dojo. Yeah. And and that's the really unfortunate thing about jujitsu, dude. Could you imagine the humility of being at a place for two years and not having anything that separates you from the brand new people? Yeah. That's how you get this chip on your shoulder because you're doing well. You're way better than you were, but you're still just a fucking white belt because in jujitsu. With that, with, with that, is there like... Is there like a time limit on belts? So like you have to be a white belt for like 19 months or 18 months. And then after that, or do you have to like take a test? Like There are no specific rules. It's not one system. Originally it was more unified and maybe you needed to know very specific things under, you know, different Gracie um, uh, lineages. And there'd probably be like a handful uh, by by like the early to mid nineties, there were probably a handful of black belt lineages that if you were under, maybe your system was kind of like that. Like I know this Helsing Gracie school and they have to learn self-defense and they actually have to like, um, combat strikes with jujitsu in their belt tests. And when I first started, our school did belt tests and we don't really do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really depends on what the head black belt thinks you should do, well, but it's, it's the most prestigious ranking system in martial arts. Cause the, the tests for the different belts feels to me feels kind of strip mallish. Yeah. Like karate, dojo strip mall like you take your test and and what like what is the 
from my brain is like, what's the criteria? So what are you judging? Let, on? Let's say I was to be an instructor at a gym. And I'm not saying this because this is my idea. This is how some do it. Let's yeah. say you're an instructor at a gym and you have a system and a, and a strict curriculum and your belt test to be a blue belt is as follows. And this might sound a little confusing, but there are various base positions in jujitsu. You might need to be able to perform two takedowns. And so they'd say, show me two takedowns that you, you know, yeah. and you, you may or may not have to tell them the name of the takedown, but you at least have to show it. And then when you're on the ground, it's show me a, a guard pass. Okay. Show me how you pass half guard. Show me a submission or two from side control. Show me your, how you get to mount. Show me a submission from there. And then on bottom, show me two submissions and two sweeps from guard, a, a sweep from half guard. You know, it's as simple as that. Yeah. So are you doing this with another person? Like you, you would. Okay. When I did a belt test, it was actually to get stripes on my white belt. And it was like that. He would just walk around and you'd have a partner. He'd say, all right, one person does this this then the other person does that are you doing it at like fighting speed or is it no. just like slow motion like but, but sometimes they do gauntlets like i was invited out to to be a part of a belt test in in a school just off of ocean city called infinity and basically the head instructor would tell me you're going to roll with this person that person that person and they were all blue belts getting their purple or purple or a purple belt getting their brown and i and i just would go around and i'd roll with each one and he's like put it on them like like smash them and let them know what's uh, up okay get them uncomfortable so like his people they had kind of uh not a hazing, but like an initiation to the next belt that was, it was kind of a tough day for them. Yeah. You know, uh, a it lot did, of times could, belts I are mean, handed out randomly. And it's a test. So, I mean, you have to earn it. It's it's not like something that you just show up and do. It, like if, even if, if it's you, tested, if yeah. your system tests, then it's definitely going to be specific. Yeah. yeah. So like they had a thing where like a, an, a big instructor from an area came in. I guess they're under this guy, Noel Smith. Either that or they had a guest instructor um, to the school, and he's kind of a bigger jujitsu guy in the area. And they did a class with him, and then people got awarded. Like, we have a guy, Danny Suarez, who comes from California. That's who my instructor, the black belt, has his black belt under. He comes to the school. He'll do a seminar. A lot of people get promotions, especially higher ranks on that day. But there was a day not long ago where two people got their brown belt, and it was just a normal class day. And he's like, all right, um, everybody line up. Here we go. I have, uh, you know, and he mm -hmm. has a backpack and you know, he's going to give something yeah. out. So our school's turned into a, you pretty much get promoted randomly as far as whenever he thinks it's time yeah. or whatever, what, you know, however they recognize your skill set. Yeah. So where, wh what belt are you? Purple belt. What, where's that r fall on the scale? White belt, blue belt, purple, brown, black, and Oftentimes the brown and blacks compete with each other mm -hmm. and then um, all the whites, you know, don't go near the brown and the black people. Yeah, that sounds no, about right. No, no. <laughs> so, so like purple belt is kind of like segregation. Purple belt's the first advanced belt. Like there are a lot of purple belts who could beat a lot of black belts and, and you're going to give a black belt a tough time. You're just not going to be as masterful, as experienced as uh versed like all over the place, but there are going to be specific things that I do at my game that I might be 
at a black belt here, here, and here, a brown belt here, here, and here, but maybe I'm a good white belt at leg locks. Like maybe I'm not that good at leg locks. So like individually, there are things I'm very good at that I could really perform at a black belt level, maybe mm-hmm. at least to some black belts. Yeah. But my whole game has a lot more for every black belt thing I have. I have a thing I'm a, I'm a blue belt at, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You kind of got to look at it like strengths that. and weaknesses. Yeah. You yeah. kind of fool out your ga- brown belts, fill out their game, you know, big time. By the time you're a brown belt, you've really expanded your game. You've really found your game. And you know the other games that are out there, you know, because there's a lot of different styles, um, but you kind of understand all the principles and then you just kind of get a little experienced and a little humble. And then by the time you get your black belt, it's just kind of time to reflect on all that. And yeah, you you still keep up with the times, but yeah, that's pretty much how it works. Do you want to do a cheers? Yeah, actually, we should we should note that uh, we're recording this episode, well, obviously, mm-hmm. but on video yes so one of the rare times that mike is taking a drink will be on camera yeah especially beer this is very rare like the other day um or when we were in florida josie got a bud light and asked if i wanted to drink does she does she drink she does but i mean not like a ton yeah um but she got a bud light and she asked if i wanted a sip of it and I was like, yeah. And I'm like, you know what's funny? I've never had any normal beer. I've never had a Bud Light, a yeah, Miller Light. Yeah, so you Light. got what, a Blueberry? Yeah, Blue Blueberry, Point, Blueberry Ale. The guy at the gym I work at got it for me one time because he thought I would like it because it's... I said I like, you know, kind of sweeter flavored stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Blueberry Ale. I like it out of all the beers I've had. I think it's my favorite. Especially because you didn't, you didn't like go through the ranks of like, like you didn't start off drinking swill um, and piss water, which I still drink. It's easy to drink. I noticed when I drank the Bud Light, I got how people can chug beers. Yeah. Because the only other thing I had drink and dr- drank was an IPA and this Delirium, I think it is. It has an elephant on it. Yeah, yeah, Somebody yeah, got, yeah, it yeah, cause, yeah. got it for me because it had an elephant. And yeah, the other one was just some... India Pale Ale of like a of a flying dog brewery. I forget the name of it. It was like a white and blue container. Yeah. Cardboard. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't fuck with the, the like IPAs and, mm. and the microbrews and stuff. I'm a I'm a devout member of the Natural Light Nation. So how's this work? I shake it up first? Yes. <laughs> please do. <laughs> just like coat the carpet. Just it's kinda like it's kinda like when a hockey team wins the stanley cup yeah or a baseball team wins the world series just want to cover this room in in fucking foam i don't drink because every time i do i turn into stone cold steve austin (laughs) (laughs) just i do the triple h thing if you remember when he spit you ever know that oh dude oh when he missed i used to do that all the time with obnoxious shit at parties dude i would drink my diet soda and just fucking mist it in the air over me and be sticky the rest of the night the shit you do for a tent i would never think to do that not now no all right let's uh let's do this good crack your blueberry beer i'll crack i'll crack my natural light didn't make a cool sound i was hoping yours fizzed Hey! Oh, hey, hey! Well, he's cheersing too. We gave him this. We brought him in the squeaky toy. Yeah, that was a great idea. Later, you can just collect some audio of just that, and then you can remove room tone. 
You just plug that in as the room tone and yeah. remove it. Yeah, it'll be good. Audio production jokes. Mm, All right, here we go. The first sip. On camera. Mm. On camera, on the pod. All right. All right, now we're good. Cool. Um, Got that out of the way. So just to kind of let people know on this episode, we might mention some, we might tell like an embarrassing story or two. Yeah, we... Uh, I have a good one. I have a couple good ones. Uh, yeah. I think I told you the one recently. <laughs> yeah. You know what it is, right? I think so. Driving? If it's, if, if it's the one you told last week, then... That's, that's yeah. an up there, dude. That's up there. That's pretty fucking embarrassing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was, I'm feeling uh, pretty good. I've been sick a little bit, but I got a little meds in me and good. had a little bit of a weed edible. Good. So Did we're you... we're strapping up to record two episodes probably. Pump, so pump up the vitamin I'm ready C. to go. Yeah, I didn't want to. Usually I have like a hit or two a pop before I come in here, but I didn't want to smoke because of my lungs and uh, just feeling a little rough, Pussy. sore throat. So it dries me out. So I did a little bit of edible and then drinking a little beer. Just it's good. Ramp it up. It's it's like the icing on the cake. It's a good combo, dude. It's a good combo. The first time I ever drank by itself, like just drinking, I was like, "Ooh, I don't know about this." And yeah. then, like the combo for me on Sunday nights at the tower, the second I get done performing, me and the guy Matt, we go out on the back deck or Josie or whoever's with us, and we just we just smoke a joint out on the back deck. Really, a joint, a joint, huh? And it's so nice to just, it's the end of the week. I'm done my set. You know, you're out there, especially when I wasn't working Monday mornings. Like now I've been getting up early Monday. Yeah. So there's like a little bit of anxiety. But for the longest time, Monday morning was a morning I rarely took clients. Yeah. And if I did anything, it was at 10 a.m. for jujitsu. Oh, so you just woke up whenever you wanted. Exactly. So you'd be done your set, which used to feel like a lot of pressure. I used to feel more pressure performing every Sunday. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, there's a lot of anxiety involved with that. Right. So the second you're done, we're like, let's go. I place an order for food. I walk outside and we just, you know. Smoke a joint. And, and then, then you ride the it time. out. You eat your food. You watch this. Yeah. You have like whatever's left of your drink. You feel completely normal. I like to leave feeling normal, especially by the time I get home. Like I don't, I like the idea of not going to bed like totally, Fucked especially up. with drinking. Um, I don't mind being a little stoned before bed, but. Those spins, those spins will get you when you're drinking. Yeah. Those are, that's a terrible feeling. Yeah, I can only imagine. And then so many people wake up drunk. I see jujitsu people come in on Sunday mornings and they're like, dude, I'm still feeling it from the night before. Oh, dude, that's got to be terrible. They probably stink. They're just savages. They can do it. I, I couldn't do it like that. I know I couldn't. I yeah, used to, no way. I used to show up to work drunk all of the time. Yeah. In my as a younger lad, oh my god, dude! Man. You told me one time that you could drink a thirty pack in a night, I and still I can. still tell people that. I'm I like, I still can. You're like my guy. You're my reference point. I say, <laughs> I know a guy. I know two people. I know my buddy Shane who can drink fifteen shots of tequila and still talk to you and seem normal. And that's, he doesn't drink that often. That's ridiculous. Yeah, he's just a pothead who drinks occasionally, but I guess he put his time in at some point drinking, and he's just an in control type person, you yeah. know. And and my other buddy Eddie Sealar, he can drink. I mean, he doesn't get as that many, but he, he, you never know he's feeling it. It's yeah. so hard for them to show. I'm a little more expressive. 
it just it, it opens you up. It's I, I think um I think it's a little psychosomatic. Like if you have two or three drinks, then you obviously the alcohol starts to get to you, but then you also kind of feel like all right, I'm starting to loosen up a little bit. I'm starting to have a good time. I can start talking to this person or that person type yeah. deal. It's it's like <clears throat> it is it, it is very physical, but I think it, a lot of it's in the beginning stages. I think a lot of it is very mental. I mean, beginning stages meaning like three to four drinks. Yeah, before you're like hammered and you just don't give a shit. No, I would even imagine, <laughs> man. Um, that your body, it's not even like a placebo or something, but the, the fact that you know what happens when you do a lot of something is going to be triggered when you do a little bit of something. Yeah. So like, if you're, if you know what five drinks feels like you have two drinks, you might get loose just because you get, you can't help but not because you know what's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That a lot of people do microdosing with mushrooms and it's a very small amount. You're not even supposed to feel it and it can like cure all sorts of stuff, gives people a lot yeah, of energy. Yeah, like cures seizures and shit. Crazy stuff. Yeah, it's very it, it can just rewire shit in your brain that apparently just doesn't work well. And there are all sorts of claims, like like I mean, you know, the people si the silly brain, people <laughs> who like have stutter, like they'll stop stuttering. Yeah. It's a it's commonly seen as maybe what might be the future of treating depression, um, but I don't really do it like that, and uh, I don't really know. I don't really do mushrooms at all to any amount that often at all. Really, I just it doesn't. I don't, I'm not as interested. But when I would do it. Even with the tiniest amount where you wouldn't feel it, you know, it's like a nor it's a, like a quarter of a microdose. Yeah. I, the, in 20 minutes in, something in my body would tell me that I was going to trip. I never would feel it. Yeah. But I knew that feeling. There was something like, like my nostrils that, would yeah, flare. It's that little, that little ping, that mm -hmm. onset that lets you know that something's coming on, whether it's a, a high or a drunk or right. like even something stupid like a a pre-workout there's that little thing that happens when you've done something enough where you're like okay yeah here we go it's just like that come up feeling yeah and it, it never pops obviously like you know you just feel normal but i that was the reason i wasn't that interested in continuing doing that i was like i don't want to feel this like anxious i feel like i might actually start tripping feeling that's not a good way to enjoy your day but, oh, um, you're talking about in terms of like microdosing. Microdosing, yeah. But yeah. so like drinking oh, so a beer like, or two so, might trigger that. So microdosing is like edging then. Like you're always right there but never crest. It's supposed to be below threshold. The way it would work is, let's say you had a bag of mushrooms. You're supposed to start with like the smallest amount possible. Let's say you have like a milligram scale or you're just eyeballing it. You start with the smallest amount and you work your way up. The second you feel it at all, like I'm not talking like feel it like, oh, I'm seeing stuff like, you know yeah, what it's like when yeah. you just, the second you feel affected, you either stay there or drop it down slightly. So you don't even really want to feel it in the moment. Huh? It's not supposed to be an actual high or an actual experience like that. So it's supposed to just be like a subconscious, not overly obvious thing below threshold. They call it. That's kind of weird. I don't know if I like that. Well, I've I mean, never, I've never, I've never experienced it, but 
Think of it as like if you were to take an anti-anxiety medication. But like like you were saying, that's a that's an odd way to spend your day. <clears throat> yeah, but like, I was a particular I was a peculiar case. I think I had an acute sensitivity. Yeah. Most people wouldn't feel that. You know, most like, like the way it works for most people is they just do it. And maybe in reflection, they were like, you know, I was a little bubbly today. I was pretty happy or I was focused uh, or it's just like a mood enhancer, you know, like CBD. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Honestly, C- like CBD similar. It's not psychoactive. You're not supposed to do a psychoactive amount of mushrooms. Yeah. So well, the effect is going to be almost impossible to literally feel. You just notice like a mood enhancement. I've been, I've been. It's funny you bring up CBD. I've been doing a little bit of research and 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 have read a little bit that the reg just like regular CBD oil that you can get from like a gas station or any other place that's not a dispensary. Apparently, that shit is like snake oil. Yeah, I don't know all the specifics because um, it's like from from what I've heard and what I've read, it's it's like one. There has to be THC involved to get the benefits from it. So, in general, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- that could be completely wrong. What I just said, but it kind of makes sense. It's like it's it's a ratio of like one to four. So for like every four parts of CBD, you need one part of THC. Now, whatever that measurement may be, I have no fucking clue. But I think that's one hundred percent right. I tell people that there's almost no research done for CBD specifically. All the research that CBD involves THC as of a year year ago fell off fell on like the backbone of THC research, general cannabinoid research. Yeah. And I I had these five milligram THC to five milligram CBD um, mints which were awesome, dude. Like you didn't feel high at all. It was like a great mood enhancing buzz. Like, I don't know how anybody wouldn't like that. And five milligrams of THC is very, very modest. Yeah, You could probably even find one that's 10 CBD, two milligrams of THC. But the nature of a large amount of CBD is that it actually balances out the THC. So like if you were really stoned and I gave you just CBD... You it would, would mellow it out. It would mellow out the high. Yeah, because they're supposed you to be, down. They're supposed to be coming out with a drug that like counteracts the high, which it's probably just something like you just said. That's cool. The for especially like for medicinal purposes, like sometimes if I'm like injured or wanting to recover, I don't want to put myself through the the high that I would actually medicinally want to intake. Like I don't want 200 milligrams of THC in me. I don't, don't want to go through that. I don't know what that equates. Like it's a what, lot. What? Okay. The average brownie, if you do, if you put an eighth in a thing of brownies and you make um, sixteen brownies or however it works, I think the average brownie is about forty milligrams. And usually, if they're homemade, something is, is not perfect. You don't eat the whole the whole brownie. Exactly. Yeah. It depends on the br- but yeah. Typical. Typically, you put an eighth in a thing of brownies, and you're looking at about. Um, uh, here's a good way to think of it. Typically, pot is a is somewhere about twenty percent THC. So, if you have a gram of weed mm-hmm. that is um, two hundred milligrams of THC, yeah, is that right? Twenty percent. I don't know. I What's twenty percent of a gram? What did you just say? Two hundred milligrams. That's right. Sure. Cool. Um, we should get into some embarrassing stuff. Do you have anything you well, want to share? Uh, I'll, I'll go. What are you going to say? I'll, I'll go real quick before we get into that with the THC stuff. 
I I came across some CBD oil, and I gave the dog who, as you have seen, is extremely anxious. Yes, and I like put up. They say like put like three drops and give it to him or give it to yourself. I put a freaking puddle in the palm of my hand. It didn't do anything, dude. For him. You all right? Problem solved. Next episode that we're together. I'm going to bring in my drops and I'm going to put it on a treat and he's going to get to have like a THC like, uh, also, but it's calming and he, I won't give him a high dose. I'll give him a small dose. Guarantee you'll notice and he'll relax. Yeah. It'll be good. Yeah. As long as he's not like, no, it won't be over tripping out. It's impossible. No, it's, it's, he's a large dog, especially. Yeah. So like the little time I'll give him the dose that the little tiny dog, like my my roommate's tiny dog gets occasionally when he gets a little anxious, like a storm or something, or he's just people are coming over. Yeah, I'm cool with that, dude. It it chills him out. I gave it to my ex girlfriend's dog when I dog set, and like she was running up and down the stairs, and before that she wouldn't want to go up the stairs because mm-hmm. she was old as fuck. Yeah, and. She also started getting creative and she's never done this before. And she was a 14 year old beagle that kind of was not overly smart, like just kind of had her very much like a creature of like instinct. And she started making her own beds. She would go into different rooms and find soft blankets and stuff and like build a bed that was like two rooms over. She would go into every room and everything and made a bed out of like eight different things and just loved it, dude. She was so hilarious. It, it was great. They usually light up at first, and then about 30 minutes in, they chill. Chill out. Because it hits them pretty quick because it's in alcohol. It's like, you know, it's um, it's not like oil. Yeah. I mean, I could give her, I could give him coconut oil, but it'd be better to do this alcohol um, tincture. So, yeah, that's something we can do. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably play with his toy and then do, you know, probably be asleep or relaxed. You know, we were talking all this shit, and his eyes are closed, and he's sleeping now. Now I know. Now we just started. T- <laughs> he's getting a contact. We're just talking about it. But the motherfucker is laying next to the bed and not on his. It's bed. Too funny. It's because he can prop his head up on it. Yeah, dude. He. Uh, well, we don't have to get on dog yeah. talk, but we can go on to uh, embarrass. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's do that because we have about talks. thirty more minutes. Probably the plan to do in this episode, and then at some point we'll try and just switch it, and then we'll just bullshit we could we could potentially make it part one and part two of a similar theme yeah or just different names and say on the episode this is actually a set we'll figure it out yeah yeah so um do you have anything you would like to open with Uh, we're talking embarrassing stories whatever pops in mind do you have anything or do you want me to um i should probably go first because Yours is, you got the fucking Trump card. <laughs> I could definitely do a second. Um, I, I don't see my whole like 19 to about, I'll say 25 was just an embarrassing time in my life. Okay. And it's like, it's nothing that like really stuck with me. There's one thing that really stuck with me that I, Still physically have on my body. Well, a couple of things that I still physically have on my body. But oh, I think I know where you're going. Yeah. So, I mean, and it all it all revolves around drinking because that's where I was in my like drinking heyday, just binge drinking on the weekends and well, early twenties every night. 
but I got I got my belly button pierced. <laughs> I got oh. my I got my initials branded on my chest. You do? Yeah. I didn't think I knew. I don't think I knew about that. Can it does it does it show up? It's it's not. It's not. I mean, for what I went through, it's not as easy to see as I wish it would have been. Mm. And I did everything to make sure that it like scarred up really well. Yeah. But it just never did. I, I don't scar easily. Uh. What's the other one? I know the I know one you're gonna and, say. And the third is this dumbass tattoo I have on my ankle that says rad. I, I'm shocked you didn't talk about that when we talked about painful things. Didn't you tattoo yourself that? No, my buddies did. Did they use a tattoo gun? No, they used uh, sewing needles and India ink. How painful was that? It, it, you know, it didn't really hurt. I was also... Jeez. Maybe I'll get very... my next tattoo done by them. Dude, I was I was also very drunk and it kind of tickled. I, I, I've never... I don't have... That's the only tattoo I have. So I don't know what a real tattoo feels like. Did you bleed? Mm-mm. The one good thing is it's like... It's like a line. It's not like, you know, like usually when you get a tattoo, you get an yeah, outline. They like shade. Then and, you shade yeah. and then you might get color. Like that's really sensitive by the time they get to coloring it if you do it all in one session. Yeah. So, but no, I, I thought that would have hurt. Especially it's like down by your ankle. It Well, it's it's right below that little bump. Does it hold up? Is it still there? Oh, dude, it looks great. You know, that's impressive. Usually there's a lot of fading in that area. Maybe yeah. if it's slightly lower. Bold, bold will hold, apparently. Because my girlfriend has a, a clover that at the way bottom of it, it's a little faded. Because the placement's a little low. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. Like, th- this tattoo is dumb as shit. And um, I actually kind of like it. It's cool. It's I mean, a lot of people just pointed a cool-looking photo and say yeah. i want that Gee, give me yeah, that just star. walk in walk into a tattoo parlor and there's a wall full of shit and they just say give me 47 that's so lame dude it is that's so lame and no it, offense but it just is oh you're not offending me i get some people don't think they're the most creative or something but think about it a little bit something a little sentimental yeah put some put some thought into it this isn't just a t-shirt <laughs> yeah <You're> not- <laughs> yeah you can't return it yeah yeah, so so and, and you know there's there's kind of a funny backstory to it. It's um my one buddy was like, "Hey, I saw I was I was like on the internet and I saw this form of like 50 uh like 50 worst tattoos you've ever seen and he's like, "This guy got rad tattooed on his ankle." I was like, "You know what? I'll probably do that." <laughs> and it took like a couple months of convincing. And then one night they got me on the right night. <clears throat> and, Jeez. and I mean, the kind of cool thing about it is there were a couple, it, it was like just four or five, five people. And three of my friends each wrote an individual letter. So it's mm-hmm. like three different handwritings wow. from three different friends. That is cool. So like it's cool. It's kind of it's, it shows off like a little bit of like a wild punk rock kind of style too. Yeah, yeah it, it fits you enough. That like kind of yeah, it, it's definitely fits your personality in a way. Well, I mean, you know, you got hit by that butter stick for fun on the one thing uh, and that and and that was like I said, my whole my whole like eighteen to twenty 
five years of my life were just doing dumb shit. Yeah, it we're just sense. in an embarrassing time that I'm not really embarrassed of. I did a lot of embarrassing shit, but it got received very well from the people that were around me at the time. So I don't really see it as embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. It's, do, uh, do you understand what I'm saying? I get what you mean. Um, it's like there was never really any fallout from any of the shit that I had done. Right, right. It, it's not overly humiliating. It's just not something you exactly. Would do now. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess I'll tell my one story. Oh God, please. And then, so you know what's funny? Before I told you this story the other day, if it it is the same story, right? When I said driving with my dad. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you just said driving earlier. Now you just said. I driving. know. Well, it doesn't spoil the actual part. <laughs> um, I, should, I had to be more specific to make sure I did tell you this story. I don't think I've told this story to many people. Like this is one that I probably only have told less than a handful of people. And this happened when I was in high school or like late middle school, early high school. I was probably in 10th grade, ninth grade. And we were driving to Virginia to visit relatives. And I was taking a nap in the passenger seat. And uh, my dad went to pat my leg and he's like, yeah, we're just going to have a good time. Just me and my boy, something like that. And he went to pat my leg and I had like a blanket over me so he's not really able to see and like i was asleep and there's this thing especially when you were younger like it happens to me now but it really used to happen to me yeah, then like it wouldn't yeah. typically happen to me in a nap now uh-huh. maybe i might wake up randomly in the middle of the night like this well i had a boner <laughs> and he and and there was a blanket so he missed he didn't hit my leg he he patted and he did a double pat no, no. Like a pat, you don't just <laughs> like pat a, somebody's like a... leg. How would you pat your? How would you pat somebody's? You know, you pat somebody's back. You like pat, pat, pat. I think he was going for three pats, and then he half stepped on the second. He stuttered a little, and he was done. <laughs> the first one, the first one, he realized what was going on, but couldn't pull back, and was already mid stroke on yes. the yes. <laughs> that was the worst. That was the most embarrassing hang time ever. Time froze. He recognized it on the first pat. Was going in on a second. It was already oh, in sting. But gravity, gravity was. <laughs> yeah. Old. So he got two pats on the boner, <laughs> and it like kind of woke me up. I was like half asleep away. You know, I was asleep, and uh, we never we didn't say anything. <laughs> two pats. But on he the stopped boner. talking. It was an awkward moment for sure. He definitely know. He had to have. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he's forgotten, but. That that was up there, man. That was so oh, dude, embarrassing. That, is, that like that that is incredibly embarrassing. But it's yeah. it's 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 one of those things you had no control over. It is a funny fucking story. It's, it's yeah. so funny. It's genuinely a funny embarrassing. A lot of my embarrassing moments are more just kind of like humiliating in a way that yeah. aren't necessarily funny or you get it but it's like oh that sucks. No, that that the first time you told me that which was last week. Oh my god. It's that's one of the funniest stories I've ever heard. Yeah, oh my god, I actually thought of another one. This is a little more humiliating but it's uh, it's definitely funny. When I was younger, I and this is actually something I could have talked about on painful experiences. Um, I had a moment where I was getting a cavity 
filled and it, I, the numbing shit didn't work. And it was the most, it was so brutal, dude. And they didn't believe me because they shot so many times in that area Yeah, and it didn't work. Well, I knew that I had this little tiny cavity right above where I had my braces when they took them off. I saw this little pinhole. And this is all the way back when I was like 15 or 14, I noticed it. Well, I knew I had it and I didn't go to the dentist. One other time I went and they didn't notice it and I didn't say shit. Yeah. I was like, I am not. Yeah, why would you? Dude, I was so nervous because I had the the most traumatizing moment of my life was getting this cavity filled before that. It was brutal. Brutal. bet, dude. So here I am. I'm in my younger 20s. And now this cavity that was on the top of this like canine tooth was like a little bigger and it was embarrassing. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of like would just cover it with my smile and. I was, I would, dude, it would give me so much anxiety thinking about like, am I going to have this giant cavity in my mouth when I'm like older? Like it grosses me out when people have extremely fucked up teeth. Yeah. And they got, it's tough to look at, especially like drug teeth. Cracked in half. Yeah. Oh, like meth teeth. Or when people just get a tooth knocked out and they don't do anything about it. It's weird looking. It really is gross though to have like holes in your teeth. And you can see where they filled it. Now they drilled to make it bigger. So it's not as big as the filling, but it's a little bit different color. Can you see? Uh, kind of. It's at the very top. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I, that's where it was while well, I was dating this girl, Katie. Do you remember the girl I dated who had kids? Was she the and nurse? I lived with her? Yeah. 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 One day she was looking at me and we were actually at a parking ride. We met before she went to work and we were just like, you know, I don't know if we were just hanging out or making out or if she, you know, gave me the old little blow job before work, but that's how we, <laughs> that's old, how we did it. You the know? old BJ parking you know ride. How I, you know how I am. <laughs> Shit. Baller. Yeah. So, but she's looking over at me and she goes, you got a, you got a thing of pepper. Oh no. Or you got something on your tooth. I think it's like pepper or something. And I was like, oh, mm. and then she's like, let me look. And I'm like, not. And she goes, <sighs> then she asked me, she goes, is it a cavity? And I'm like, no, but she, ha- I mean, come on. Yeah. I was, it was so embarrassing. You know, you know, what's, it, it's funny you say that. Cause for whatever reason, I am very self-conscious about my teeth. Yeah. I, I don't have great teeth. I never had braces. So they're like kind of crooked. They're for the most part, pretty straight, but they are pretty crooked too. <clears throat> and every once in a while, if we're eating like salad or something, get like a piece of lettuce stuck on the top, just like you were saying, Megan will be like, ah, oh, you got something right here. Let me get it. I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh yeah. You're not fucking touch. Like you're not touching my teeth. I don't know why I am so self-conscious about that. And then I'll be like, I'll get it. Just tell me where it is. She'll be like, okay, it's here, right up there, and then go down down there. I'm like, okay. And then I'll scratch at it, and then she'll be like, show me. And then you give like a weird half Mm -hmm. smile. You don't want to show complete. I don't know what that is. It, It doesn't bother me all the time with like that. Like I'm weird with the mouth thing, but I can relate it to something big time. Whenever I get like ingrown hairs or like sweat pimples, I get them bad. Like my chest, like sometimes it's like, I won't have any, I won't have any boom. I have like 10 sweat pimples on my chest and then on my back, I'll have like three or four and, or like ingrown hairs or whatever it is. And 
fucking girls want to pop them and fuck with them and pick at it. And like, you're embarrassed about that. It drives me crazy when they go to fuck with that shit. What? I don't know. Just last night I laid on my stomach in bed and we have one of those like pimple popping tools. Does it suck? Does it push? No, it's just, it's just like a metal hoop and you just push down on it. Because you know how you're not supposed to squeeze a pimple, you're supposed to push down on it? Because if you squeeze it, it's like pushes the infection or some shit out. Dude, I fucking love it. Hmm. I love when she goes to town on my back. Dude, it's it's just there's something that's, it's, it's kind of like farting in front of a girl. I'm just weird about certain things. I don't do that. You know, some guys are very open. Dude, I really try not to fart in front of a girl. How, well... Not let to not let it make noise if I can help it. How long have you guys been together? No, I'm talking it forever, dude. That's just me. Oh, just in 31 general. years in the making. So you could be with a girl for like 10 years and not fart in front of her. I mean, maybe no, no more than five times did they did we both know I farted. What? I swear to God, dude. They probably smell it sometimes and don't say anything, but no, it's just the way I am. What about when you lived with that chick? It's just the way it is. Is that the only girl you've lived with? Yeah. But I mean, I've had a, I mean, but I've gone on vacations. I've had no, yeah, girls yeah, yeah, yeah. over, like if they yeah. come over that day or if I'm spending the weekend with yeah. somebody. Yeah. Well, vacations and like having Well, you someone... can just hold it in on the weekend. It's not like he lives with her. It's not exactly <laughs> as simple as that. Um, I, when I was younger, I remember a couple times I would hold it into the point where I would get like bloated and gassy feeling, like dating the nurse. Oh man, I let him out, but I'm just making sure they're not going to make noise. The best, the best feeling is when you first start dating a chick and you stay over, you stay over her place or she stays over your place, and then as soon as you walk out of the door or she walks out of the door, and your body just deflates. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I know. I even just, even subconsciously, I would hold it in like while I was sleeping. Yeah, I have a lot of memories of like when a girl goes to the bathroom and you just like let it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. second they leave the yeah. room, you're like, are they far enough up up the steps? And you just, and you just, yeah, yeah. It's I don't know, man. I'm just I'm weird about it. I don't want a girl watching me sit on the toilet either. I don't. I'm not. No, I don't want that either. I I won't. I won't do that. I'm not attracted. I think part of it, it's not that I'm literally that embarrassed if I farted in front of a girl. It's not like she's going to like think I'm disgusting. I don't want them to do it if they can help it either. And we both get gas. So it's just the way it's going to be. I mean, dude, if a girl all of a sudden just started farting, like I get it when it happens, but if they were just like, ah, fuck it. Every time I got a fart, I'm just going to fart. And it turns out they're just like an obnoxious, like every time I'm with them, they're farting multiple times. That's the extreme case. I don't want anything to do with it. No. Nothing. I agree with you there. It's just, uh, I don't know, dude. I grew up on softcore porn. That's a little (laughs) nasty for me. Don't be yeah. fucking fart in front of me. Skinamax. Show some cooth. You're my girlfriend. Yeah, Skinamax. You don't see any <laughs> penetration. Yeah. Yeah, I ain't got to... Come on. So... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm embarrassed by... There's definitely things I'm self-conscious about, man. I'm a very... I'm definitely very self-conscious in ways, but it doesn't... It doesn't, like, show itself in big insecurities that hold me back. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, it's yeah. odd. It's odd insecurities, I would say, or odd things. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's how, that's how I am. It's dumb. It's dumb shit. I could be in a room full of seventy five people and do the 
the dumbest stuff on the planet, but then you ask me to give a speech yeah. in front of 15 people and I clam up. I, yeah. I don't, I don't like that. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't, dude, I, I could really end with something wild that I have not told many people. Well, what better place to not tell many people than a podcast that seven people listen to? We might hold off. We might wait till next episode. I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about it one time. Um, <laughs> I'll think of something else first. <laughs> well, that'll come up eventually. It's crazy, but it's just something I haven't told many people that is like, it's embarrassing, but does not- it implicate other people? It's just something I did when I was younger and I didn't know any better. And it was the wrong, th- it was wrong, not wrong, wrong, but it was, the, it wasn't the right way to go about it. So should we, know. should we end part one now? All right. You know what? I'll tell it. And I won't go into too many details. And It's like a teaser. I'll, no, me- I'll tell it now. No, it's not to be continued. We'll, we're not going to talk about it in both episodes. We're definitely not talking about in this and the next one. But I will say that if you're very close to me and you don't want to hear anything weird, you should just turn this off. If you're like so, a family, parental type figure yeah. or something, you, you can listen if you want. It's not like it's anything that... that anyone should be ashamed of, but it's odd, but I don't really care. I've told people, I've told girls I've dated this, but it's just not something I've shared many times. All right. The buildup. When I was younger, I like naturally instinctually, and this is a common enough thing where it has a name. Apparently, um, you researched, I didn't learn to masturbate the right way. Yeah, dude. What? There's this thing, they call it, I don't know why it's called traumatic, but post-traumatic masturbatory syndrome. What? Well, I don't know if it's what, I mean, instead of, instead of like the normal way, which I did learn, and by the time I was like 12 or, or something, I was doing it the right way, but from like younger until then, I don't know when, there was a few years or something where I was doing this thing where you would like lie face down and I would have oh. my boxers on and I would like hump. hump. Yeah, but yeah. I was like, but no, I was no. soft. Okay. But I would jizz kind of, I think. Eventually I... No, dude, that's a thing. That's, that's not, normal. That's, I mean, I didn't do it, but that's a thing. Like, it's a, I know it's a yeah, thing, but yeah, 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 if you yeah, were to look yeah, up yeah. post-traumatic masturbatory syndrome, that's what you would come up with. And I didn't know until I was hanging out with Brandon Armstrong and Corbin Enzo <laughs> and they were talking about jacking off. And like I didn't know what it was that they were talking yeah, about. And yeah, when yeah, they yeah. described it, it was different from what I knew. And then I would say there was about a year or two where I would do both occasionally. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, when you're trying to figure out what works out best for you. It probably was once I realized like, well, I'm going to, I mean, before long, I'm eventually going to be having sex. By the time I was like 14, started having like a girlfriend uh, and I was like, all right, I need to just do this other way. Because everything you read yeah. makes it seem like it's kind of difficult to be somebody who only masturbates that way. Fortunately, I could, I did it the other way, yeah. too. But I had to try. I had to literally, like, actively try. Like, well, okay, this makes me hard. Now that I'm this, I'm going to try this until I go. Here's the thing, though. You were young. What What young boy didn't experiment? 
with different things. Like Right, but this was if nobody taught me the right way to do it, this would have been my still method. be doing it. I wouldn't have got I don't know. You'd be thirty one years old <laughs> still still rubbing your like shit. Like some guys just guess to masturbate. Some kids don't learn. They nobody tells them how to do it. And they just figure it out. That's I think that's how I, I came into it. It's very it. normal. Yeah. It's yeah just, I I didn't. It's like this is what I've got. I've got two hands and one penis. Let's see what works. Yeah. So that was, uh, yeah. And that's something I did at a young age. I don't know when, but I know I that's, did it. You know, that's not, it, it start, the way that you built the story up, it started off a lot weirder than it finished. I haven't said it out loud in a long time. That's not weird. So, but. That's not embarrassing. You, well, you're right, but what. It, it's not, but it is when you're a kid and you find yeah, that out. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, you read yeah. up online and you're reading this shit and it has a name. Like when you when you find out you have this thing, post-traumatic Wait. masturbatory syndrome, and it's causing guys to not be able to like have sex well and it like causes really, really bad things. So did you look it up when you were younger? I think I just Googled like random keywords to try and find out what the hell... Yeah, I tried looking it up online. See, I think that, I just typed in like flaccid masturbation or or like rubbing rubbing your penis or how old were I don't you know. when I like looked it up? I know when you started just like doing that, rubbing your dick on things. I, I, I don't know if I did it regularly when I was little, but definitely by the time I was like eight or nine, like for sure, prepubescent. Yeah. I don't know at which point in time it felt like I was actually having a thing, but there would be a distinct finish. It would be, you were done. Like, I think I was experiencing some form of an orgasm at a very young age. That's weird. It is weird. But I don't think it's that weird. No. Oh, it doesn't make, I don't feel weird about it now. I haven't done it in forever. Occasionally I'm like, you know. You want to dust off the old, <laughs> give that thing a whirl again? Let's see what the old. I mean, couch I definitely haven't done it since offer. my teens, for sure. I would say 15, 14 is probably the last time I ever did that. But wait, it it lasted until no, your no, teens. No, no, no. I told you there was an overlap. So, like, once I was 12 or 13, whenever I, I figured out the real way to do it. But oh. keep in mind, it was already in me. I had been doing it this other way. Then, once I had a girlfriend, I really was stuck to the idea of, like, I'm going to do this this way. Like, uh, And it definitely was by ninth grade. But that doesn't mean, I, I mean, I'm just sure I never tried it ever again yeah. after that age. Guaranteed never yeah. again. Maybe as young as 14. I likely did it at some point in time when I was 13. I'm sure. But I, I think by like 12, I'd kind of like- What would you switch. do? Just like lay on your stomach and rub around? Yep. You would kind of like, you would just put both your hands and like, you'd have like a palm on like the top of like the base of your penis. So like the head would stay below the pressure mm-hmm. and you would just kind of like push in, like kind of like just- pump in well and you, you would not there would be so, like especially i noticed that once i realized what orgasming was yeah in other i realized like okay something is actually coming out of me well you you know i still to this day i mean i don't rub until i until i nut but you know you wake up in the morning you got the morning wood you grind it into the mattress yeah if you're if you wake up on your stomach you just give the hips a little work. You're not coming though. No, 
It's not for pleasure. And it's, it's just... when you're hard. This is when you're soft. You might, oh. yeah, that's a thing. It's a flaccid thing, which is very weird, you know? That is weird. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the nature of it. You you wouldn't huh. be able to do it with it rock hard. You could, you really definitely are in a way kind of mashing it down. Yeah. Yeah, so you definitely Mashed wouldn't potato. do that hard. Um, and I will tell you this. I remember when I started doing it the other way. These are the two, like the big differences were this. I noticed that the normal way, the actual orgasm felt better. Like like the regular way you're supposed to do it, it yeah, was a much work. more legit orgasm. Yeah. But the other way was a much more kind of visual imagination, euphoric feeling throughout. It's it's, and then it just ended with less of a bang. Yeah, it's so so weird. That's why I I told you but, it was fucking. Oh, is what you're about to say weird, or this whole thing's no weird. like the just the justification. Everything like this conversation's weird, but that's <laughs> yes. the whole point of it. So I told you, um, fuck. So yeah, you're you're stripping your pants down. You're, no, I would wear my boxers. Okay, so <laughs> you're clothed. Yeah, and you're grinding. You're grinding your dick into whatever, whether it's a mattress or a couch cushion. Right. It is. I can see how the build-up to it would be slightly more sexual. Like, as, like... Have you ever had a chubby and you were surprised you came? Have you ever, like, had, like, a girl going down and you're something weird and you're, like, not as hard as you think you Mm -hmm. would be to actually be able to come? You want to talk about the drinking years of my life? There you go. So you've came fairly soft. So... It's probably a lot like that, and I would imagine the boxers kind of served as a little bit of friction, like yeah. a little bit of friction, light friction you around want the head. A little bit of pain, but not too much. And and it and it was that's probably how it worked. I never did it with with just my skin, so yeah. I think the boxers played a role. If I had to guess, yeah, because they're probably a little bit softer than whatever you were grinding up on. Yes, uh, I'm not going to say that's weird. I, I will I will not shame you for that. It makes sense, but it's uh, yeah. it's weird in a sense. It, it, it's a it weird is. thing to talk about, yeah. dude. Yeah, it's yeah. easy for you to say it's not embarrassing, or it's not this, or it's kind of normal. But, yeah, but imagine it, if that was you. Yeah, but here's the thing. I mean, <clears throat> every every thirteen and younger, like prepubescent boy, has humped a fucking couch cushion. Yeah. Whether they want to admit it or not, you've stuck your dick in between a couch cushion. So it's not weird. It is weird. It's just not talked about. It's taboo. Yeah. That's definitely the thing that... And and we even talked about that in an episode. I think sexual type stuff, especially masturbation and that kind of stuff, is one of the oddly most avoided and secret things in our lives. I would say masturbation more than sex. Like a lot of guys talk about sex. A lot of girls talk about their sex lives openly. Yeah. But man, masturbation is just a very, very, like it takes a certain person to be comfortable talking about that. Yeah. And it's also one of those things where it's like, um, they say that p- 
porn, like the type of porn you look at is like what your subconscious really wants type deal. Mm -hmm. So it is a personal, it is personal, but I, I mean, I don't, I don't care talk. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I'll talk about it. Do we want to wrap this one up here and just roll right into a next episode? Yeah, let's. Uh, Sounds good. I'll do a couple claps so we know. Yeah, I'm gonna take cut a, out the claps. I'm gonna we'll take a leak. Pee. Yeah, I'll pee after you're done. Uh, we do have we two just, bathrooms. Do you want to cut it and, and then start a new recording? I'll just do this. Look. Cool. That creates a location marker. Cool. And then actually.